I'll ask one more time. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. All right. Okay, fantastic. Now, I would like to start out with a uh, serious letter. Okay, now this letter was written about 1,800 years ago. Okay, which means it's old. Now, we don't know the author, but we do know the title of the letter, or at least the title that we give it is The Letter to Diognetus. I'm pretty sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but don't worry, I'll be taking Greek classes soon and I'll get it straightened out. But yeah, amen. Whoa, I don't know if it's so much of a woo, man. I'd be like, oh. But this was written in the second century AD, which means it's a long time ago. Okay, this is, the date is important because you got to realize that when this is written, this is long before the church ever becomes an organized institution. Okay, and becomes centered in Rome. Okay, now these are way back in the early days. So put your minds way back, okay, nearly two millennia, and try to imagine in your mind's eye, okay, what this author is describing. His letter is long, and we're just going to read a short, short section of it where he's describing Christians. And he says, Christians are not different from other people by their country or their language or their customs. You see, they do not live in cities of their own or speak some strange dialect. No, they live in both Greek and foreign cities, wherever chance has put them. They follow local customs in clothing, food, and other aspects of life. But at the same time, they demonstrate to us the unusual form of their own citizenship. And this is how he explains it. They live in their own native lands, but as aliens. Every foreign country is to them as their native country, and every native land is a foreign country. These Christians marry and have children, just like everyone else, but they do not kill unwanted babies. They offer a shared table, but not a shared bed. They are passing their days on earth, but are citizens of heaven. They obey the appointed laws and go beyond the laws in their own lives. They love everyone, but are persecuted by all. They are put to death and yet gain life. They are poor and yet make many rich. They are dishonored and yet gain glory through dishonor. Their names are blackened, and yet they are cleared. They are mocked, and yet blessed in return. They are treated outrageously, and yet behave respectfully to others. This brings us to our scriptures today. Would you please stand with me as we read from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 17. We'll read it through chapter 4, verse 1. This is written by the Apostle Paul. We'll read this out loud together. On your marks, get set, go. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. 
But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak, mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends. For you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. This is the word of the Lord. Now, before you take a seat, I want you to do this exercise. I want you to find someone who spent at least three years of their childhood in a country that was not their passport country. On your marks, get set, go. You might have to move out of your chair. That's okay. Say hi to somebody. Go find somebody that was raised in a foreign country. Now, there is a whole subculture of people nowadays that live in countries outside of their passport country. And that's a lot of us here, probably like half of us here in this country. But they have a term for children that spend a significant amount of their childhood being raised in a country that is not their passport country. Okay, for instance, okay, their parents are diplomats from Zimbabwe, and they spend about five years in an international school in Holland. Okay, you see that more and more nowadays. Do you know the term for these kids? Cool. <laughs> cool. Actually, what, what passport do your kids have? Indonesian and Singaporean, right? Uh. Okay, all right, fantastic. Just curious. Okay, the term for these kids is TCKs, which stands for Third Culture Kids. Okay, now go Google this. Okay, this is a legit thing. I'm sort of one of these-ish. Now, which means their parents are of one culture. Okay, the kids grow up in a second culture. But because they are living in this overlap of two cultures, they create in themselves a blended third culture. Now, here's a question. Does this describe you or any of your kids? Can I see a hand raise? Okay, wow, quite a lot. Now, I was actually thinking through the kids that here, are here at ISB, and almost all of them, this, to some extent, describes them. Now, here's a cool thing. We live in Indonesia. And in Indonesia, do you know how many islands there are here? Apparently, 17,000 islands. Not all are inhabited, but that's a lot of islands. And here in Indonesia, we have such a diversity of islands within just one country that your kampung may be in Ambon, but you live here in Bali, and you're raising your kids here in Bali, and you're creating your own type of TCKs within just one country. Now, how, how many of that describes you guys? Okay, anybody like that? You're, like, you're, you're from another place that's not Bali. Any Indonesians that are from another island that's not Bali? Okay, fantastic. All right. So we're all on the same track here. And that brings us to our scripture. We want to focus just on verse 20 today and says, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And I love this. We are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And I just really want to quickly note this. Paul does not say we are eagerly waiting to go there. He says we are eagerly waiting for him to come here. 
Okay, got that? Fantastic. Citizens of heaven. Now, thanks to modern-day cartoons, unfortunately, as soon as I say the word heaven, your brain may be transported off into the sky, somewhere where saints live on puffy white clouds, playing harps, etc., 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 where it's just completely boring, okay? Unfortunately, that is pop Christian culture, and I must say, it's actually quite incorrect, and that is not the biblical description of what heaven really is. But before we get to heaven, let's focus on the concept of citizenship first. All right, citizenship. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them what country you are a citizen of. Go. <laughs> Dude, Texas is not a country. Who said that? <laughs> you guys, oh my goodness. <sighs> All right. Now that you got everybody's citizenship down, okay, don't worry. After, later, for tea and biscuits, you can meet everybody of every imaginable citizenship here, even in this small church. I love it. Now, I am a citizen of the special administrative region of China known as Hong Kong. Thank you very much, Phil. You know it. And here is my proof. Ta-da! My passport. Now, when I am here in Indonesia... I am very aware that I am not a citizen of Indonesia, okay? Any local Indonesian will look at me and know that I am not Indonesian, okay? Especially if I'm out shopping, they will look at me and say, bule, and the price goes up. <sighs> so, although I live in Bali and my home is in Bali, I am a citizen of Hong Kong. Why? Because my mom is Chinese. Now, just for the fun of it, I can say this also, okay? I live in Bali, I work in Bali, I minister in Bali, I live here in Bali, but I am not a citizen of Bali, I am a citizen of the United Kingdom. Here's my proof of it. Wow, too many stamps. Because my father is Scottish. I don't think I needed to get that, that to get out of the country, do I? That was a <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Love you, Christoph. Oh, man. Oh, that's expired. My father is Scottish, so I get to be a citizen of the United Kingdom. So, citizen of Hong Kong, citizen of the United Kingdom. But to be even more cheeky, just because I can, I can also say this. My family and I, we live in Bali. Okay? Our home is in Bali. Okay? But I am not Balinese. You can tell that, right? I, although I wish, I am a citizen of the United States of America because my wife is American. Now, when you think about it, it is very, very, very odd that I can live in any one of these three passport countries for free. And yet here I am in Indonesia paying for a visa out of my nose in order to live and serve here. But God has a purpose. Amen. God has a purpose, and so now let's look at how God's purpose of heavenly citizenship relates to our lives. When you become a Christian, when you get baptized, you get a new passport, a heavenly passport. But what does that mean? Now, we're focusing on just one sentence of Paul's letter to the Philippians, and we zoom in this. We are citizens 
of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Now, whenever we come to the scripture, before we immediately jump and start applying it to our lives and we think we know what it means, there are a bunch of questions that you want to ask first. Today, we want to ask the first two questions. And the first two questions before you start applying scriptures is this. Number one, who is writing this? And number two, who is he writing to? Now, to answer the first question, who is doing the writing of Philippians? Any, any ideas? All right, the Apostle Paul. That's right, the Apostle Paul is writing. And the Apostle Paul is a citizen of which country? That's right. Now, the Apostle Paul is a little bit mixed up too, kind of like us TCKs that are here. Okay, Paul is Jewish through and through. He's from the tribe of Benjamin, and he likes that, and he's proud of it. And he is a pure-blooded Israelite. Bam. He loves that. But hang on. What is his citizenship? And some of you guys said Paul is a card-carrying Roman citizen. His passport is from the most powerful city in the world at that time, Rome. Okay, his citizenship is Italian. So here we have Paul. Is he Jewish? Is he Italian? He's both. So Paul knows all about citizenship. And we know he loves to use interesting illustrations. So when Paul says we are citizens of heaven, let's make sure that we catch what he's really saying and make sure we know what he's not saying. Because we're about to answer the question to number two. To whom is Paul writing? Hey, to whom is Paul writing? Now, the answer to that is the recipients of Paul's letter was the people in the church in the city of Philippi. And we know that Philippi is now in the country called Greece. Anybody been to Greece? Oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, next on my bucket list. But this is where it gets fun. The majority of people in Philippi that lived in Philippi then did not have Greek passports. They were also citizens of Rome. They were living in Philippi. They were doing business in Philippi. They were raising their kids in Philippi. Philippi was their home, but their citizenship was from Rome. Huh. Now, thanks to the magic of Google Maps, which we have right here, we now know that it would only have taken them about 20 hours and five minutes if they wanted to drive from Philippi back home to Rome or four hours on an airplane. But here's the thing. Emperor Augustus did not want those Philippians to all come home to Rome. Why? Let me tell you. In 42 BC, about a hundred years before Paul is writing this letter, Rome was in the middle of a civil war. Romans fighting Romans, boom. And Philippi was a setting for one of the major battles in that war, known as, believe it or not, the Battle of Philippi. Now, in this battle, one team loses, the other side wins. Julius Caesar dies. Antony and Octavian win. And suddenly, the war's over, 
there are a lot of Roman soldiers without a job sitting there in Greece. Now, the last thing that you would want is all of these soldiers pouring back into the capital city of Rome. I mean, Rome was already overcrowded, underemployed. It would be rather dangerous <laughs> to bring all these armed soldiers back into the city without a job. So they devised a plan. Anthony and the future emperor Augustus send word to their soldiers. Dear faithful citizens of Rome, you have been given the land in and around Philippi. It's yours. Congratulations. Colonize it. Oh. And so they did. These proud Roman citizens colonized Philippi. And thus Philippi becomes more like Rome. This is a genius move. And you see now that the purpose of a colony is to expand the influence of the home country into new territory. Now, the purpose of a Roman citizen in a place like Philippi was to bring Roman culture into Greece, was to bring Roman influence into Greece, and to bring Roman food into Greece. Praise the Lord for pizza. Amen? Amen. Today is Sunday. We can eat pizza today. Hallelujah. So what's crucial is this very important point. When Paul says, we are citizens of heaven, okay, understand this. The purpose of a Roman colonist is not to run back to Rome. And Paul says, we are citizens of heaven. Which means, do not make the mistake that our goal is to go live in the sky for all eternity. Okay, Paul is not telling us to look forward to escaping from this pathetic planet when we die and go live in a safe bubble in heaven. Sorry, that is absolutely not what Paul is telling the Philippians. Okay, your purpose and my purpose is to expand the influence of heaven into earth. Can I hear an amen? Brothers and sisters, the purpose of a citizen of heaven is to bring heavenly culture into the world. It's to bring heavenly influence into the world. I wish there was heavenly food that we could bring into the world. Pizza will do just fine in the meantime. Amen. <laughs> Did you say Da Romeo? Did you just give yourself a plug? I love that. I'll go with that. Da Romeo restaurant, everybody go support Josh. <laughs> Pizza. The purpose of a citizen of heaven is not to simply hold on till you die, then go live in the sky. If that's your understanding, you're missing the whole point. You're missing it. Because as we've said for the last two weeks, if you haven't been here the last two weeks, jump on YouTube, find our video, watch the last two videos. When we die, we do not go live in the sky. When we die, we get resurrected to live in the new earth. That's exciting which is why we put so much effort into every single thing we do now. Developing our minds, developing our talents, developing our experiences, developing our relationships. They get resurrected into the new earth. 
Everything that is you gets taken forward. I love that. Very serious about the resurrection. Now, to prove the point further, I will quote Jesus here. Okay? Because Jesus is saying it, it's really awesome. Okay, now he taught his disciples to pray. And we pray this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, many of us have this memorized. Now, I want you to understand that in this prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he does not tell them to pray what many of us pray. Politics are dumb. This world is done. Get me out of earth and into heaven. So many of us um, Christianese pop cultural people, we kind of buy into this. Don't do this. No, heaven influence comes here. So what comes to this? We have a task to do. And when I say we, I use the Indonesian word we as in kita. Okay? That means all of us included. This is not a kami, which means just me and Ben Owens. Okay? Okay? When I say we, okay, I mean all of us. We have a task to do. What is it? The church is at present a colony of heaven with the responsibility for bringing the life and the rule of heaven to bear on earth. This is our task, should you choose to accept it. Mission impossible. Mission impossible. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Amen? Our colony, this little colony right here, we want to expand and birth more colonies. We really do. And this is why we love planting more churches. Okay, this is why we've been planning feeding events in the villages. This is why we've been doing healing training. I don't want any sickness in my colony. Get out. Sickness be gone. And this is why we love giving to outreach ministries. This is why we're so proud to send Jess off. Sniff, sniff. We love you, Jess. There's so much work to be done. I love it. Okay, we're living in exciting times. We must rock it while this window of religious freedom is open. Okay, let's not assume that this window of religious freedom will stay open forever. Okay, let's take the most, make the most of this opportunity. Also, we must rock it while we still have energy and health and wealth. Let's not assume that our health and our wealth and our energy is going to last forever. Everybody that's under 100, say amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Walter. Awesome. Let's plant more kingdom colonies. Okay? Let's baptize more people to become citizens of heaven. Now, next week we have a very special guest preacher, Jim Hathaway. He's going to come and explain this to us in even more detail. What can we do? I want you to make sure you come, and I want you to bring a friend. Would you please stand with me, brothers and sisters? Here in Lent, what we want to do is, over the next, um, all the weeks of Lent, we want to take communion together. And there are four stations. There's two in the back and there's two in the front. And what I'm going to ask us to do in just a moment is to step out of your chair.
And here at ISB, how we do it is we just come, please take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and then return with it to your seat and just reflect on Christ. You might be asking, am I allowed to do this? I'm going to ask the keyboard to come up, please. You might be asking, can I join? This is my first time in church. The answer is, if you are in Christ, absolutely. Okay, we are one body. This is communion. We community together when we do this. Okay, everybody is welcome to come. Now, before we step out of our seats, there's two tables in the back and there's two up at the front. Let us just get our minds where they need to be focused on Christ. And here in the first Sunday of Lent, let's just place ourselves. Imagine you're walking into the head office of your prime minister or your president or somebody that's just a lot more important than you. Let's just understand that as you step into the presence of this great man or woman, they are important. You're less important. Imagine how odd it would be if this prime minister or this president walks up to you and instead of shaking your hand, they fall on their knees in front of you. That would be awkward because you know that they are more important than you. You might even try to say, please don't, please get up, please stand up. With this picture in mind, let us look at the cross. That God Almighty condescended. He stepped down. He emptied himself. He humbled himself. Imagine Peter's reaction when Jesus washed his feet. Appreciate this moment that Jesus Christ on the cross emptied himself for you and I. Brothers and sisters, would you please come grab us some bread and a cup and please return to your seat with us in mind. Please.